I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 154. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. There are so many things in life we want freedom from. Freedom from fear, freedom from pain, freedom from our past. So much can hold us captive. And while we may not be slaves of landowners, we can still be slaves all the same. And this week's song, No Longer Slaves, as sung by I Am They, reminds us that we are no longer slaves, but children of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer This truth from the lyrics of this song um, is found specifically in Scripture. There are actually several places you can find verses about freedom from slavery, but Galatians chapter 4, verse 7 says it just like our song. It says, Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And I'm excited that our song has led us to Galatians. It is a short letter written by Paul to the church at Galatia. It will be easy for us to sit in this smaller section of scripture all week and really learn some valuable truths that can help change the way we think. Now, I've said it before, but I love that Christian music can lead us to meditate on truths by singing them over and over. But I was speaking with my pastor a couple of weeks ago about choosing wisely the songs that I include on the podcast, and he agreed that as a songwriter, it is impossible to include a broad and detailed offering of truth in a lyric Uh, the way that God does in his word. You know, you've just got like a short phrase to say something that's true, but, but God in his word can unpack it and give us the breadth of truth. You see, songs were never meant to be our only intake of the gospel message. We need to read God's word in larger chunks and even consider it in the whole to discover what God really teaches about something. So while we can sing this verse over and over this week by using our song, until we see this truth in the context of a more complex discussion, we will stay in the shallows. You know, although some songs, they are theologically sound in their snippets, they are still only snippets. You will not grow deep in your knowledge of and relationship with the Lord through Christian music alone, or or even one verse a day in a quick devotional word written by someone else. You will 
however, be amazed at the truths that God will reveal to you when you spend time on your own in his word. Let the music inspire you. You can do it. So my boss is an avid reader and has challenged me in the past 10 months since I've known him to read more and different kinds of books than I've ever read before. And at a meeting recently, he discussed an essay written by C.S. Lewis. Now, C.S. Lewis was one of the intellectual giants of the 20th century and arguably one of the most influential writers of his day. And in Lewis's essay entitled On Reading Old Books, Lewis begins by saying, There is a strange idea abroad that in every subject the ancient books should be read only by the professionals and that the amateur should content himself with the modern books. He goes on to explain that students read um, what their contemporaries say about great books instead of reading the great books for themselves. The student, C.S. Lewis contends, quote, feels himself inadequate and thinks he will not understand the original text. And so C.S. Lewis goes on and it says, it has always, therefore, been one of my main endeavors as a teacher to persuade the young that firsthand knowledge is not only more worth acquiring than secondhand knowledge, but is usually much easier and more delightful to acquire. As we read through this article in the meeting that I was in, and I will link to the entire article, by the way, in the show notes. It's a great um, a great read. I realized that this is true of those of us who read scripture, perhaps one of the most well-known ancient books of all. You see, we've convinced ourselves that we need a priest or a pastor, a devotional, another author, or dare I say, a podcaster, to tell us what scripture says. And although all of these can bring perspective and knowledge and instruction, they should all enhance our own study of God's word. And as C.S. Lewis said, firsthand knowledge is not only more worth acquiring than secondhand knowledge, but is usually much easier and more delightful to acquire. So let's get into it. I'm going to introduce some Bible interaction tool exercises as I do each week. I call these bites, B-I-T-E, Bible Interaction Tool Exercise. And if you practice them, you will find your time in the Word enriched. Now, the first bite is to read and keep on reading. This Bible Interaction Tool Exercise is especially helpful when perhaps you're reading in the heavy narratives of the Old Testament or letters like this one that we're going to cover today in the New Testament. After all, uh, when is the last time you received a letter or an email and read only a paragraph each day until you finished it? It's absurd to think that we wouldn't read a letter all the way through and then go back and examine maybe some phrases or try to figure out what the author meant by such and such. Okay, so if you've never read an entire book of the Bible all the way through in one sitting, let's let this week be your first time, okay? Another bite I often use that may help you with the first bite is to listen to an audio version of the Bible. So you can listen to all six chapters of Galatians this week in the morning getting ready or on a commute. 
I think you'll be surprised how fast you can get through the entire letter. It really will not take long to have that person read to you out loud. It's just six chapters. So by following these two bites this week, read and keep on reading and or pair it with that listening to it on the audio version, um, you will automatically be practicing my favorite Bible interaction tool exercise, and that is to read in context. So Once you've read it all the way through, you will see the major themes emerge from the letter. Now, if you would like to use another bite of using an outside resource uh, to look at the, like, read an introduction or a recap, uh, I found a brief introduction to Galatians on the blueletterbible.org website, and that'll give you kind of like a, a big picture idea. So they start out by saying Paul's letter to the Galatians was addressed to a group of churches in Galatia, which is a region of present-day Turkey. And Paul had preached the gospel in these churches. He wrote to counter those who taught that Christians must be circumcised in order to be accepted by God. That's the beginning of that introduction that I found at the blueletterbible.org website. So introductions are another Bible interaction tool exercise that you can use. And sometimes they give you a little historical um, uh, perspective, much like this did, and gave, gave us also kind of a physical perspective of where these churches would be located in our modern day. We are not going to spend a whole lot of time in the first couple of chapters of Galatians today uh, because that's primarily Paul's defense of his authority as an apostle. So he's laying out the groundwork uh, for saying, look, I'm getting ready to tell you some things and I have the authority to tell you this because of all of these factors. And so just know that Paul is laying out his authority to declare what he was about to clarify in the minds of Galatians, namely the gospel message. So in chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, this is his main claim. Uh, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Now, in a different version, I'm reading in the New Living Translation, which is an easy to read and uh, understand translation of English. It, it reads much like we speak today, but other versions would, would use the word gospel here. So good news is what New Living chose to use, but gospel is the word that other translations use. But again, Paul was serious about what was happening to the Galatians. They had accepted the gospel message, but then had begun to accept a message of Christ plus. Okay, Christ plus circumcision in this case. But notice that in Paul's estimation, this was turning away. All right, Now, don't get bogged down in this as though you can't understand it. Just because you don't experience heated debates on circumcision in your churches and small groups doesn't mean that you can't follow this big idea that we are made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ alone, period, not Christ plus, okay? In the Galatian church, they were preaching Christ plus plus circumcision. But today, it could be as something like Christ plus speaking in tongues, or Christ plus church attendance, or Christ 
plus baptism, Christ plus tithing, Christ plus you fill in the blank. Am I saying that tithing is bad or that baptism is bad or that church attendance is bad? No way. No way. But while scripture may guide us toward these things as a life of obedience and holiness, our good old college try in these areas does not lead to salvation. The good news, the gospel message is Jesus and him alone. Okay, so in chapter three, Paul says it this way. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? All right, verse 21 of chapter three goes on to say, is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. All right, so this is when Paul begins to transition into this idea of bondage and of slavery. Okay, the word pictures that Paul uses to try to get his point across in this letter are wonderful. But what I'm trying to say right here is this Christ plus is in Paul's estimation, turning away from God. It's very serious. And I think uh, in my own mind and, and perhaps in yours, you could justify it. Well, I mean, it's not like circumcision was bad for you. I mean, uh, these days, it's a we do it as a medical, a normal thing in the medical community. And so, but But what he was saying is in this time and age, they were attributing... Um, more power to this whole idea of circumcision, this human effort level. Then, and then so by doing that, they've diluted the gospel message and they've changed it. They've changed it completely. So again, Paul begins to transition into this idea of bondage and of slavery. And in verse 23, he says, before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Now You can picture that, right? You can picture protective custody. So this is what the law was in the Old, the Old Testament law is protective custody. Paul continues, let me put it in another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. Then in chapter four, he continues to try to clarify. He says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything the father had. They had to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. 
Okay, now you begin to see it. He chose us. And not only that, Paul adds these wonderful truths that include our focus first. He goes on to say, because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts prompting us to call out Abba Father, which is just like a a very um, familiar, like daddy kind of, of call. Okay, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So Paul adds another way. Again, so these, there were some that were slaves to the law as the guardian, but now because of Christ, he has bought, purchased our freedom. So to continue to say, but we have to Christ plus doing something else, Christ plus anything, we have turned away from the true gospel message, which is Christ and Christ alone. Then Paul adds another way that readers may have been enslaved. Uh, In verse eight of chapter four, before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say now that God knows you, Why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you is for nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. For I have become like you Gentiles, free from those laws. So, you see, although I love the truth of our song, the warning in this letter is clear. So the song really, it says we're no longer slaves, right? But it doesn't go into the depth of what we could be enslaved with, which is a Christ plus uh, philosophy. So we walk a dangerous path when we live in this bond, when, when we live in bondage to this Christ plus mentality. Okay. Now the sentiment that Paul is saying is reflected in our song as well. Let's listen to uh, one more snippet of the song. And I, I want to comment on the other side. pleads with us to live in freedom. But if we consider this Old Testament story that these lyrics allude to, the splitting of the Red Sea, it's true. God split it wide open and all the Hebrew enemies were drowned in perfect love. But they too returned their freedom that God had so graciously provided in exchange for a different kind of slavery. And they earned themselves 40 years of wandering because of it. So don't trade in slavery to sin for slavery to a Christ plus gospel, which is really no gospel at all. So what's next? Read the book 
of Galatians. Experience Paul's defense of his apostolic authority in chapters 1 and 2. Understand that all believers enjoy complete salvation in Christ alone in chapters 3 and 4. Explore how Paul showed how the gospel of grace leads to true freedom and godly living in chapters 5 and 6. Read and keep on reading and then take time to examine your own heart. Do you hold any Christ plus philosophies? Discard them today for the true gospel message, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Jennifer from Tennessee, Lacey from Mississippi, Liz from Texas, Lauren from Louisiana, and Laura from Florida. These are my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. In that email, you will get a memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out. You will get an email recap of the week's episode and instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes from time to time. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com and subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. And while you're there, would you please leave me a written review and a star rating? This really encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners and gives me credibility with them as well. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Amanda, who says, I was looking for a good Christian podcast since I've never listened to one before. I stumbled upon this one. Actually, I think the Lord led me to it. And it's amazing. I'll be a weekly listener from now on. Wow. Thanks, Amanda. I'm truly humbled. And then Sadie, who says, I love this podcast. It's a great way to start my week. It has helped me get into scripture when I don't feel like it and in ways I never have before. Thanks for all you do and for your passion in sharing about God, the King of the world. Well, Sadie, it truly is my pleasure. And thank you both for your kind reviews. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Psalm 13 by Shane and Shane. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 154. And then while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.